So by now you got Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 deep down in your spirit. So let's say that together. Yes. God, is able God is able to do, to do exceedingly, exceedingly abundantly, abundantly above all above that we ask, yes. think, or imagine. What does that mean? It means that God is desiring to do the more in our lives. Just when we raise our thinking and our imagination up, God is well able to bypass that. There is with God the desire to bring increase and the more into His people's lives. And He's no respecter of persons, but He does respect faith. In Malachi chapter 3, though, He mentions this in verse 13. You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said it's futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out His requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper. And even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. And that may seem like the way it is, but how many know God always brings to account sooner or later? But watch this. There's that bunch that are speaking contrary to God and His nature and His Word. Then it goes on to say, certainly evildoers prosper. But then you change gears here and he says, then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. Everybody say, fear of the Lord. And the Lord listened and heard. Turn to somebody and tell them, God is listening to your mouth. Turn to somebody else and tell them, God is listening to the words of your mouth. And a scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. That's the, the scroll we want to be in, not the other one. And so it's important for you to understand the dynamic here that you are made in God's image. Do you realize that today? And God is a spirit. And you are made what's called in the Hebrew a speaking spirit, a spirit that actually speaks and communicates and exercises dominion and authority with the words that come out of their mouth. The prophetic word that Jackie brought today by the Holy Ghost lines up perfectly with this scripture in Psalm 63.3, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. That's what we're called to do is glorify the Lord with the things we say. And we can't glorify God when our words are contrary to what He says or contrary to His nature. You know, I once heard a radio Bible teacher that's very, very well known, really all over the world, and he said, you know, just go ahead and accept it. The devil's God's lacking. If something's going on in your life, God did it. Excuse me, but the devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus came that we might have life, and life more abundantly. In other words, it doesn't glorify God to misrepresent His character or His Word. It's very important you do this. You glorify God. God rebuked the three friends of Job and said, You've not spoken about me what is correct like my servant Job has. He said, I'm angry with you. There is a way to speak about God that is correct, and there's a way to speak about God in His Word that is incorrect. And what I've said before, I'll say again, this is not something that I can just cut your head open and give you this understanding. You've got to receive this by the true teacher of the Holy Ghost, the church. Because the average believer even today has no connection in their mind between what they say and the reality of their life. But I'm telling you, the reality of your life and your mouth are intrinsically connected. That's the way you were designed. That's the way you were made. And so really the highlight of the message today is to show you the powerful things that you can do with your mouth when it's well trained on the Word of God and the things of God. Look at somebody and tell them, your words matter. 
We've taught you that the words you speak are creative power, they're containers, they're vehicles, they're seeds. They actually rule this world. They're magnetic. Turn to somebody and tell them your words are always attracting something. The words that you speak are supernatural. It's not just natural. They seem natural to you because natural me, you know, men speak like we do, but they don't understand the dynamic of what happens when somebody speaks contrary to God's word. The words you speak are what we would call a spiritual barometer, indicating your current level of faith. We can tell instantly where you are in faith by listening to the things that you say out of your mouth. And how many know we're all a work in progress here? How many of y'all have done well on Monday and by Thursday you were talking wrong? Am I talking to the right crowd here? We're not talking about pastor policing you or you policing each other. We're talking about you policing yourself. Being honest about what's coming out of your mouth because what's coming out of your mouth reflects what's been going on inside of your heart. Are you here today? So in the Word of God, it's very, very plain that if we will do certain things, it has a transformational effect on our life. And one of those things that we can change are the words that come out of our mouth. Say this with me. Change my words. Change my life. Say it one more time. Change my words and change my life. Do you get that today? The reason we bring this up is we get into the year of the more is there are three big limiting factors for every believer. And one limiting factor we've talked about already are our thoughts. Say our thoughts. That other limiting factor, of course, are words. And the last is our actions, as we'll talk about starting next week. But we want to make sure we understand, not just have a mindset, well, don't say this and don't speak that, but what should you be speaking on purpose today? What should be coming out of your mouth? You know, when Moses told the 12 spies to enter into the land and scope it out, 10 came back with what we call a negative report of unbelief, an evil report of unbelief. Two came back with a positive report. Ten came out belly aching and spreading that report all through the camp. Joshua was faithful. Caleb tried to get him to shut up to no avail. They continued down the path they went to. And it says over in Numbers that God actually heard the things they were saying. And God said, I will do the very things I heard you say. It's very important we're on the right side of God and what his word actually says. It shouldn't surprise us, you know, even though it's hard to understand. After all that Moses went through with those people, look at somebody and say, those people. That he would not enter into the promised land. But he was told, the people bellyached about water. So God told him to go ahead, you know, grab his staff, not to strike the rock this time, but speak to the rock and the rock would give up its water. And he said, you rebellious people, do we have to give you drink? And he smote that rock, disobeying God and dishonoring God. And the Bible tells us in Psalm 106, it wasn't the striking of the rock that got him into trouble. It says he spoke rashly before the Lord and dishonored God before the people. And say, oh, I can't believe that one little thing somebody would say could change their entire trajectory, their entire destiny. I'm telling you, according to the Word of God, it is possible for you to change your life one way or the other. I recommend you change it for the positive by finding out what God says and, and sticking to it. They finally got to him. Well, when he finally died of old age where his eyesight didn't even dim, the Lord personally conducted his funeral and buried him. And welcomed him, of course, into his presence forever. And we know he's alive because of the transfiguration. It was Moses and who? And Elijah that showed up to talk to him. 
If you're wondering today and the devil's beating your ears back today about somebody dying and whether they're really alive today, just settle it forever. They're alive, absent from the body, present with the Lord. It's all real. And I can't wait for the Lord to come down with a shout. I can't wait for him to take over this nasty place. Amen. Change the leader, change everything. And it's coming, isn't it, church? Gehazi, perhaps some of the greatest miracles up to that point in time in Scripture. Naaman the Syrian general was leprous and he got permission from his king to go over and you know, request that he would receive healing. And of course the prophet told him, didn't even bother coming out, just told him to go dip in the Jordan. He gets offended. A little slave girl says, well, if he told you to do something hard, wouldn't you have done it? And he goes ahead and does it and he dips down and he comes up completely clean and healed of the leprosy. Well, now this man who was mad a minute ago is overjoyed because he's healed. He wants to demonstrate his gratitude by giving some stuff to Elijah. And Elijah says, it's not the time to be receiving that. We'll receive nothing from you. And Gehazi heard it. Turn to somebody and tell him, Gehazi heard the direction, the word of God on that situation. You and I are blessed with the scriptures. We have them in front of us. The prophets were the scriptures to the people of God in that day. He heard the word of God. But you know what he said? He, the Bible says, he said to himself, my master was too easy on this man Naaman. And arranged to take some clothing and take some silver, take some money from him and hide it away as if the prophet couldn't see it. Look at your neighbor and say, the dumbest thing you can do <laughs> is take clothing from a leper. If he had just obeyed the prophet, he would never have had the clothing. Elijah basically, Elijah said, hey, I've seen this in the spirit. I know what you did. My spirit was with you. And now that leprosy is coming on you and will never cease to cling to you. Now, you and I have to understand that the things we say, when they line up with God's word, are powerful. Turn to somebody and say, they are powerful. When the words that we say, you know, disregard what God says, it gets us in all kinds of trouble and all kinds of messes. Amen. So everybody say, thank God for this understanding in Jesus' name. Proverbs 18, 21, a verse you've never heard before in your entire life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Say it with me, I believe. Say it with me, the tongue has the power of life and death. Everybody shout this out. The tongue has the power of life and death. One more time with all your heart. The tongue has the power of life and death. I recommend you say that about 20 more times tonight before you go to bed so it will sink in. God sovereignly, people talk about the sovereignty of God, whatever the case may be, He sovereignly delegated power in this little bitty thing in your mouth. I'm going to go and talk to Anna because apparently we're on the same page, amen? The rest of y'all need to catch up with Miss Anna today. Try that again here. God sovereignly delegated power in that little thing in your mouth. 
And most Christians, they use it against themselves or they just never get around to doing what God wants them to do with it. And so it's not producing like it should. And then here come all the naysayers and the critics. I help you out. Don't pay any attention ever to a critic or a theologian who directly contradicts the Word of God and their criticism of you. Stick to the Word of God. Say this one more time. The tongue has the power of life and death. Who made it so? God. If He made it so, then it is so. Where's the power? See, what we want to say is, well, whatever happens, happens. Case sirrah, sirrah. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> it all sounds fine and religious, but if the word is true, and that's what we're talking about today, do you believe the word is true? Yes. Do you believe what the Bible says about the power of the tongue? As <laughs> either we do or we don't. But if we do, we adjust to that. We honor Him and make sure we understand that because of that power, there are amazing things that can be accomplished with that. But we stop blaming God and everybody else for what's in our lives. It's true. Amen. So easy to do, isn't it? I'm this way because of them. I'm this way because of grandma and grandpa and them. I'm this way because of that leader or that president or this situation. I'm, I'm because of this oppression or because of that situation. If I had a hundred dollar bill for every person that came to me blaming me the way they, the way they are because of their parents. It's, it's time for you to take the bottle out of your mouth and take the poopy diaper off your bottom. <laughs> And start taking responsibility for your own life. I mean, even in the Christian church today, it's like somehow you expected to have perfect parents. All have fallen short. And you're going to tell me you lifelong traumatized because your parents weren't perfect? Well, boo-hoo. Never met a perfect parent. Shocking. It's just much easier to blame somebody else. The government, society, the culture, relatives, mom and dad, than it is to look in the mirror and say what? You can change your world with your mouth. Now the highlight last week was talking about how in the reality, you and I, you know, stop downing ourselves all the time. And that's find out what you can produce with the words in your mouth. Say it one more time. The, the tongue has the power of life and death. Now, one day when we're all in heaven and, and this comes up in uh, remedial training, you know, in, in math, you, you take the 01 and 101 before you get to take the real math classes just to make sure you can do your multiplication tables. <laughs> Ooh, an awful lot of people just shocked to find out what they could have produced with the words of their mouth if they would receive the revelation and live it out. Amen. So let's start this ball rolling down the hill. Amen. Amen. How many want to know the powerful things that your mouth can do? Yes. Amen. First of all, and write these down, you access salvation. Say, I access 
salvation. How powerful are the words of your mouth? You got saved because of the words of your mouth. Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us, you know, the word is nigh thee. In your heart and where? In your mouth. You don't have to go to heaven to get it. You don't have to go down below in the deeps to get it. It's what? It's nigh you. It's near you. Turn to somebody and smile and say, your answer is near you. It's already here. He said the word of faith that we preach. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you say with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, confession is made unto salvation. In other words, confession produces soteria, salvation, and all of its dimensions and manifestations. You sit here saved. I'm going to just take for granted you're here today. Raise your hand if you're here. Yeah. Just checking. <laughs> and how many that are here are saved? You know you're born again. You know where your destiny is. A supernatural thing happened when you believed that God raised Jesus from the dead, paying for your sin. A supernatural thing happened when you believed that in your heart. And when you said Jesus is Lord, everything changed for your eternity. Your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Your record was not covered. It was expunged. It doesn't exist anymore. Stop letting the devil beat you up over your sin, sin that God has no consciousness or record of. I don't care how bad you were. That record does not exist. That exists in the thinking of people who don't understand Scripture. When you die, God is not going to put your sins on a screen for the whole world to see. They don't exist. They're gone. They're expunged. How powerful is your mouth? Your record was expunged, not just because of God's mouth, but because you agreed with your mouth what he said about your life. You're saved today because of the power of the tongue. God delegated that power. It's all God's doing. If we will just agree with him, amazing things can happen. And it's not just getting saved and being forgiven. It's every dimension. I believe in my heart that I am healed. And I say with my mouth, I am healed. And confession will produce healing. Raise your hand if you've ever been broke before. Remember what it feels like to be broke. You're so broke, the broke people call you broke. <laughs> Believe in your heart that what? That he is your provider and say with your mouth, where are you going to find God's counsel on that? In the word of God. You don't say things that aren't the word of God. You say what God says about it. Amen. And your confession is made unto provision. Confession is made unto salvation and to healing and provision and deliverance and guidance and direction. Every benefit of his sacrifice for you and for me. And we're waiting on somebody else to bring it to us. I was raised up a Lutheran. Everybody say, God bless the Lutherans. Big fight going on in that church over ordaining people who really shouldn't be ordained and all that nonsense. I would just wish people would just stick to the Word of God. <laughs> but I can tell you this, that, that in growing up, uh, it, was, it was not about a, a new birth experience. I didn't hear about the new birth until I was 17 years old. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It was, we'll sprinkle you and that grace will cover you. We'll take you through confirmation and that grace will cover you. Not a problem. I thank God I had that moral code. A lot of people I grew up with, you know, graduating from high school with, they didn't have a moral code at all. I did. I knew right from wrong how to apply the Ten Commandments. But I went through that process, confirmation, never being saved, never being personally right with God. Here's the point. Nobody can get you saved. You have to believe in your heart. You have to say with your mouth. And confession is made unto salvation. I'm so thankful that God doesn't have 50 different systems for pulling things into our lives spiritually. The same system that we get forgiveness is the same system we get healed and delivered and prospered, amen, and directed and guided and anointed. It's all the same way. Find out what God says. Believe in your heart what it says. Say it out of your mouth and it will begin to manifest in your life. Can you receive that? All the days of your life, you will access the dimensions of salvation the same way. There's not going to be another system coming down the pike. A miracle took place when you confessed Jesus is Lord. All your sin was expunged. Name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You were adopted, amen. He made you righteous. And he's in the process of glorifying you. All on the basis of what? What you believed in your heart and what you dared to say with your mouth. Turn to somebody and say, your mouth is powerful. You change your whole eternity, your whole destination by the things that you said. Everybody say, thank God. Paul called this the word of faith that we preach. People sometimes make fun of that phrase or, oh, it's cultic. No, it came from Paul. And before you say something is somehow off the wall or weird, it didn't come from some man. It came from Paul by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So to say some phrase or some concept is unbiblical or even blasphemous or heresy, now you're calling the Holy Spirit a heretic. Be careful out there. There's enough ear poison out there to kill you in short order. Amen. Say it with me. I access salvation with the words of my mouth. Say it boldly. Say, I access salvation in all its dimensions with the words of my mouth. <laughs> Write this down, number two. I overcome obstructions. With the word of my mouth. Every time you would have heard Brother Hagen, you went to one of his meetings, he would have told you to turn to Mark 11. <laughs> and someone asked him sometime, How come every time you speak, you have us turn to Mark 11? And are you ever going to preach anything different? And he said, When you get this, then I'll move on. <laughs> well, he went on to be with Jesus. Apparently, we never got it. Look at somebody and say, I'm going to get it. You know that Jesus, Mark 11, you know that Jesus had cursed the fig tree and it dried up from the very root. And the uh, disciples noticed that. And we picked this up in uh, look at verse 20 in the morning as they were uh, along. Uh, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. And Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed is withered. 
And it's like, gee, big deal. Watch this. Have faith in God, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, if anyone shall say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Who does the believing? The believer. Who does the saying? And what happens to the mountain? Did you know that you can talk to mountains? Did you know that you can talk to trees? Did you know that you can talk to weather? Our example, we follow his example, don't we? But see, what we're trained to do is if there's a mountain, there's a problem, there's a weather system, there's an issue, there's something obstructing our path, then we pray and God will remove it. But that's not what Jesus is teaching here. You absolutely overcome things that are in your way by the words of your mouth. You believe in your heart the mountain is gone. You say with your mouth, and the Bible says very plainly, again, does this sound an awful lot like Romans 10, 9, and 10, church? Yes. Believe in your heart and say with your mouth. Well, Pastor, I believed in my heart that problem was gone. I said it one time, one time, nothing happened. You really hung in there, didn't you? You've been talking about that mountain for decades. The Bible never says that we're supposed to talk about the mountains. We talk to the mountains be gone. Now, you have to understand that everything that we do in Scripture, including the use of our mouth, is a matter of discipline, and it's a matter of progressive mastering of that principle. When Jesus curses the fig tree, what happens? It's gone. If Jesus were to say to a certain mountain on the earth, be gone, guess what would have happened? Be gone. Don't minimize this. Think about the big, big, big obstacles in your life. And some of y'all have big, big obstacles that are people in your life. You speak to the mountain with whose voice? With your voice, believing in your heart. And that's how this works. And if you'll notice in this passage of Scripture, saying is emphasized more than believing. Now, back to this principle of proficiency. Is everybody okay in here? You know what? As a pastor, I want to see you tap into every dimension of salvation. I want to see you overflowing with the goodness of God. Amen? I want to see every dimension operating in your life, and I want to see every mountain gone out of your life in Jesus' name. All right. And how is that done? Well, I'll just ask and God will do it. God is telling you, Jesus is God. You speak to the mountain yourself, and guess what? You're thrilled about a little tree? Look at that mountain on the other side of the tree. But it takes training and developing and proficiency. You've been riding in a car, somebody cuts you off, and you said, jerk. If you were proficient at that moment, that person goes home like this because you called them a jerk. There are some cases where we should thank God we're not that proficient yet. The stuff that we would bring into our lives is trouble enough. <laughs> you say, Pastor, I don't call them jerks. I call them something else. <laughs> Well, the mercy of God. 
But you don't speak to a mountain one hour, one day, and that's the end of the use of your mouth. You stay on it. There are some big problems you're facing in this congregation. There, there are some big issues everyone has. But we've been trained almost religiously that they're all outside of us over here. You know, God will take care, or even worse, blame God for it or call that his sovereignty. How many of you want to hear my famous Grandma Anna story? <laughs> Grandma Anna. Amen. Old country. The day she died, she couldn't say the number three. It was dri. Dri. <laughs> and she got sick. Um, and, it, I mean, it was bad. I mean, she could have easily just, just died. And my dad called me and said, would you drive up to Marion from Murray and get in the truck with me and drive up? And, and he actually asked us, would you, would you come up there and let's, let's pray for you know, for, pray for your grandma. That's okay. <laughs> and so we drove. It's, you know, about, uh, you know, two hours or so from, from Marion to get there. And, you know, we drive up there, and uh, she's in the hospital. <laughs> and uh, I go over there and lay hands on her, and Dad lays hands on her, and I pray the prayer of faith. I mean, I thought it was a good prayer. <laughs> and uh, prayed the prayer of faith, <laughs> took my hand off of her, she lifted up her head and said, I'm going to die. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to put this, this pillow over you. It goes to be faster than you think it is. <laughs> no comprehension. Somebody just prayed the prayer of faith. Despite herself, she lived on for several years. <laughs> it's the grace of God. The last time I saw her in the hospital, you know, I just asked her a simple question. I said, uh, you've been going to this Lutheran church for, you know, all these years? Oh, decades, decades, decades. You know, that time they had a German service and an English service. That's how far back it goes. And I said, uh, in all that time, did you ever personally repent of your sin and ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life? No, no, no. I'm telling you, church, it matters where you go. It just can't hurt you in this life. It can damn you in the next if you don't know how important these things are. And she said no. And I just, uh, you know, I was up in that, that area of St. Louis for something completely unrelated. I just felt impressed to go by there because he said she's in the hospital again. I said, would you like to repent of your sin and ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life? And she said yes. This time she didn't say I'm going to die. She said yes. <laughs> and she prayed right there. At that moment, to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord, repenting of her sin. And a lifelong Lutheran who never, ever had a personal commitment to Christ, I know that when she did pass on, she died saved. Amen. I didn't say perfect, I said saved. That's it. <laughs> Amen. How many know some come in late, but they're worth waiting for? Amen. Look at some and say, What are you laughing about? We know you too. Amen. Praise God. But say it with me, I access salvation. Say it, I access salvation. Say it, I access salvation. I overcome every obstruction. Anybody here have a problem you're dealing with right now? Raise your hand if you have a problem, okay? What do you do? 
Stop talking about the problem. Start talking to the problem. I found out that mountains and trees and problems have ears. I also found out they have mouths. When Jesus went by that fig tree, that tree said, you're not getting any fruit from me today, bub. And Jesus said, fine. Jesus answered the tree. Fine. May no one ever eat fruit from you again. How do you know picking a fight with the Son of God? Not a good idea. <laughs> just shut up, you know. Just don't say anything. Just sit there. <laughs> but how, how much do we talk about the problems? I ain't got time. I ain't got time to speak to the mountain. Are you kidding me? You talk hours about the problem, telling me you don't have time to speak to the mountain? You lying thing, you. You got plenty of time to speak to the mountain. Just change your course, change your direction there. Amen. Just write it down. Accessing my salvation. Overcoming every obstruction. Number three, beating every temptation. With what? With your mouth. Now, my original goal was to get through these today. And if you all would eat faster, I'd speak faster. <laughs> See, my going. And then a few of them are going, Bleh! it's too important to shortchange it. Say it with me. I believe the tongue has the power of life and death. But I have to speak. There's no victory in silence. None. Zero. You know Scripture in Matthew 4, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, Matthew 4, he was hungry. The tempter came and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now look at this, the devil's trying to tell him what to say. And the devil tries to get you to say. He's after your words, church. Look at somebody and tell them the devil's after your words. Jesus answered with, leave me alone, you big mean devil. Why don't you go find somebody else to pick on? No, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the, you know, see, and had him stand on the heights, the heights point in the temple, and if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written. Now he's trying to tell him what to do. Everybody say temptation. Overcoming temptation every time. Then the devil took him there, and Jesus said, if you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it's written, he will command his angels concerning you, 
They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your uh, foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, answered him, answered him. It's time for you all to start answering the one that is tempting you. Can I say this with you? You're never going to overcome a temptation with a thought or with your emotions or with your good intentions. You overcome a temptation with the words of your mouth. Paul gave this revelation to Titus and he said, the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness. The simple principle when you're tempted of saying no is powerful. And yet most people won't do that. They won't open up their mouth to beat back the temptation that's come for them. And they're defeated, and they don't have to be. This is not just an interesting story about, oh, praise the Lord that Jesus, you know, didn't somehow fail in the same test that Adam did. And praise the Lord, he's qualified to die for us. It's more than that. He's showing you how to beat the devil at his own game by answering him with the words of your mouth, which are the words of God, not the twisted words of God, not the misapplied words of God, but the very words of God. Jesus answered him, it's also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And all this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. How do you beat temptation? Answer it. Speak to it. Talk to it. The temptations that we have are diverse. But I have found that usually what happens in your life is the devil will hit you again and again and again and again. And if you don't believe that, it says right here that the devil left him and angels came and attended him. And the Luke version tells us and he left him for an opportune time. He left him for a season. <coughs> Well, I, I, I prayed, I fasted, I, I spoke it twice, and he disappeared, and he came back a week later. Well, darling, if it worked the first time, it should work again. You don't. Say, I do not, I do not. beat temptation, beat temptation. With, a with a thought or an emotion or, or, good, intentions. or good intentions. I beat, I the, beat temptation the temptation with the words, with the words of my mouth. Every, every syllable, every word is powerful, supernatural. It's true. When you're told to say no to temptation and you open up your mouth and say it, you'll be amazed. It's true. Even if you don't know all the scriptures yet to go with it, saying no out loud is powerful. That's right. That's right. Come on, say no. no. Shout it out, say no. Say it again, say no. No. No, in Jesus' name. Say it with I access my salvation with my words. Say it, I overcome every obstruction with my words. Say it, I, I beat every temptation with my words. Do you see a pattern here? Whose words? Whose words? Your words. Now watch this. We'll pick up this again next time dealing with what else you can do with the 
the words on your lips, the things that come out of your mouth, the words are powerful because there's dedicated authority there. It's as simple as this. Um, most of us in this room are a little bit further down the road that we can say more than no to temptation. We just don't. Um, here's how this works. How many know, thank God, according to Isaiah 55, the Lord sent the word down from heaven to earth. Realize that what you have in your lap on your device, these are seeds that came from heaven itself. They're supernatural. You're not dealing with something that's natural when you're hearing the word preached. The people, natural, amen, and spiritual. But the word of God, supernatural completely, totally pure. It's the word, amen. So what happens in this process is the word declares it, whether it's about salvation or temptation or some obstruction or something else. The word declares it and the ear hears it. Faith cometh by hearing. hearing. Say it. The word, the word declares it. The ear hears it. The Bible teaches that the ear tests words like what? Like the tongue tastes food. And the heaven declares it. The word declares it. The ear hears it. And then number three, the heart believes it. Aren't you glad you're starting to believe what God said about you? You believe in what you heard that he sent down from heaven as seed incorruptible for you and for me to be absolutely transformed by. And it's great. Amen. The word declares it. The ear hears it. The heart believes it. But if you don't do number four, the mouth says it. You stop the whole process of this. It's not enough to believe in your heart, Romans 10, 9 and 10. You have to say it. You want to see other dimensions of salvation? For example, how many have some organ in your body that's malfunctioning? Raise your hand. I'm not talking about your mouth right now. We all know that's, that's a given. All of us are there. Some system that needs healing. Is that okay? Does that make sense? Nothing to be ashamed about. Amen. You live in a natural world. You fight natural you know, circumstances and situations. So what do you do? You hear the word on your healing. Now, in some cases, for example, if it were your hearing or your eyes, there are scriptures that specifically apply to that. But the word of healing is enough for you to hear to generate faith. So let's just say it's a, it's a kidney. Everybody say kidney bean. Everybody say kidney. How many of y'all want your, both your kidneys to function like they're supposed to? Filtrating like they're supposed to, function like they're supposed to, amen? Glory to God. If Jesus can talk to a tree in a mountain, you can talk to a kidney. Pastor, that's the silliest thing I ever heard in my life. That's exactly right. The devil's defeating you with your opinion of silly. That's all it took. Make you feel silly. In reality, it's not that much different from you and how you live every single day. Notice this, that when you go to the grocery store, you will announce that you're going. I'm going to Kroger. Why do you do that? You're programmed that way. And even if you can't tell a human being, you'll get on Facebook, going to Kroger. Please rob my house now. 
Why do you do that? About to go to a restaurant. What are you getting? I'm getting this. What you going to get? What you going to have? You announce things by your nature. And yet when it comes to the word of God, that's silly. That's weird. That's bizarre. You do it in the natural every single day. And somehow it's weird if it's spiritual. Amen. Nice little kidney. Kidney needs to be petted. It needs the work. So I hear it. Amen. The word of God you know, declares it. My ears hear it. My heart believes it. Now my mouth says it. My kidney is functioning perfectly. My kidney is functioning perfectly. My kidney is functioning perfectly. Say that. My kidney is functioning perfectly. Well, Pastor, my kidney is already functioning perfectly. Good. Let's keep it that way. Let's stop trying to build a house in the middle of a storm. Speak over your body parts. Say it. My kidney is functioning perfect. And what happens, just like Romans 10, 9 and 10, you believe in your heart and you say with your mouth and confession is made unto or manifest salvation. What happens is that is the key to the manifestation of health in that kidney or whatever it is you got going on. You know, brain damage, you know, that kind of thing. Say my brain functions perfectly. Say it again. My brain functions perfectly. Say it again. Perfectly. Most of us though, have done just the opposite. We don't pet our kidney with the word of God. We speak against it with what we feel and what we sense and what we hear. And it makes all the difference in the world. Amen. Now, the reason that scripture, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those that love it shall what? Eat its fruit. Only those that love and receive the things that I'm saying. Amen. There's another one that um, loves to criticize, you know, charismatics and, and things like that. And, I mean, he even gets in the pulpit and preaches against it. And these people that say the baptism and I speak in tongues, just mocking and arrogant kind of a stuff. Guess what? It's nothing new. That man's type was there on the day of Pentecost. These things have immediately been mocked by people that are ignorant and don't understand them. The goal is here is to make sure you receive it. Not from a man, but from the word of God via the teaching and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Say it with me. My mind works perfectly. My eyes work perfectly. My ears work perfectly. My hands, my joints, my feet, my ankles, my hips, everything works perfectly. Every vital organ, my heart, my lungs, my kidneys, my liver, my spleen, my, spleen. My, everything. my everything works perfectly, walks in healing, walks in healing. soundness, Sound. wholeness, wholeness, all the days of my life. All the of my life. That's all you need, those things, is all the days of this life. 
You're going to get another body. <laughs> In the meantime, stop talking against your own flesh and blood. Amen. Accessing salvation. Amen. Overcoming every obstruction. Amen. Beating every temptation. That's your God. How does it work? Shout this out. Heaven Amen. declares it. The Word declares it. My ears hear it. My heart believes it. My mouth says it. And there it is. It manifests. It manifests. Glory to God. Can you receive that today? Come on, give him a big hand clap and thank him.